This is CliffCentral.com. Multiplying leadership in society, the millennial way. But you don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. A very warm welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. It's that simply Bongani across all social media platforms. Um, if your Monday was not so great uh, up to this point, well, now you tuned into the Youth Leadership Platform and we are going to bring you um, the best in entertainment, um, information, and all the things that will stimulate your mind and, I guess, make your Monday and set the tone for, for the rest of the week. Uh, we want to start off um, by saying, I guess, um, happy birthday to uh, Catherine Johnson, who turns 100 today. She was one of the scientists and mathematician, uh, a woman um, at NASA, um, that helped them to navigate uh, the rocket um, into space. Um, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant mind and a very accomplished and distinguished woman. And on that note, I guess it's also sad to note uh, what's happening in, in, in Rwanda. And we are going to be joined uh, on the line shortly um, by he um, refers to himself as the African social justice activist who is based in Kenya. And that is Abraham Mutai. Before we um, get him on the line, uh, I'd love to give you a quick rundown on what has been happening in the news in relation to Rwanda. So um, apparently... Um, Diane uh, Ruigara was arrested uh, last year, September, together with her mother uh, by Kagame, who is in leadership uh, currently in Rwanda. Um, She is first accused of forging signatures and that she collected um, uh, fraudulent signatures uh, for her presidential uh, bid. She was later accused, um, allegedly, um, of trying to destabilize the government by forming an opposition and later accused, allegedly again, of evading te- uh, tax. All this started as soon as she announced her bid for presidency against um, the Paul Kagame. So Human Rights Watch and many organizations across the world um, have um, s- Stated uh, their stance against what is currently happening in Rwanda, and to give us further insight and an understanding of what exactly is going on, uh, we'd like to welcome Abraham <coughs> Motai to the Youth Leadership Platform. Welcome to the show, man. Uh, thank you so much. Awesome. Um, coming to us uh, from Kenya, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm based in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, okay. at the moment. So. Take us through what is happening currently in Rwanda. I saw your tweets and um, seemingly you have uh, the 411 on everything Rwanda right now. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot uh, cannot actually say it's uh, a 411, but uh, these are issues that have been on the media. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've been uh, all over uh, the media, but uh, I can say that Africans have not been uh, caring so much to look uh, at the issues that are happening in Rwanda. Uh, they have been on the media since last year, September, but um, maybe at the moment um, is the time that uh, across all platforms on social media that we've decided to really, you know, come out on a strong voice and inform other Africans uh, what is happening in Rwanda. 
Um, last year, this one why I can say that I haven't been uh, speaking much about that issue is because in Kenya we had uh, a very heated, uh, a very long and tedious process, uh, an election process in Kenya, mm-hmm. uh, almost at the same time when uh, there was this situation happening in Rwanda. Okay. And then uh, almost at the same time we also had uh, elections in other areas, that is in Zimbabwe and other areas. So um, we've not been able to really speak so much about it. But uh, if you look keenly, you watch, uh, if you uh, if you go to the websites of uh, Human Rights Watch, you go to the UN, you, you read Washington Post, you read, I mean, you read The Guardian, these issues have been spoken about. Yes. So many people have spoken about uh, the issues in Rwanda. And the problem actually is that the media is not able to access some of these stories because there is a lot of uh, a lot of uh, infringement on information. Okay. Information doesn't come out of Rwanda so much easily, and people are so intimidated and so fearful of the regime to an extent that you either have to speak positively of the regime yes. or you just don't speak anything at all. So uh, to to just uh, you know uh, let you in of uh, of the issues that have been happening there. Yes. Um, Diane uh, Rigara uh, declared last year that she is going to run for presidency. Okay. And before that, uh, Africans need to understand that uh, the father of Diane uh, Rigara actually was uh, died in a mysterious accident. And if Interesting. you read uh, closely, and uh, yeah, she, he died in a mysterious accident uh, right before she declared to run for presidency. So um, uh, uh, after she had uh, declared uh, to run for presidency, she collected signatures. Uh, you know, of course, you have to collect signatures from people, and then you present them to uh, yes. to, to the electoral commission. Yes, she was accused of uh, forging some of these signatures, and she was also accused that uh, some of these signatures f- were of dead people. Interesting. So they did not exist, yes. So uh, basically, and then her mother also was accused of uh, planning with other people within Rwanda to destabilize uh, the government. Uh, she was arrested together with the mother, and uh, she was actually um, disqualified from running for uh, presidency in Rwanda. And the churches have been uh, metamorphosizing over time uh, because uh, right now she's being accused of, uh, after she was arrested, she was also accused uh, together with her sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also accused of, uh, you know, their company and their, you know, their, their business empire that they have been evading tax. So the government seized uh, their property and their business and they auctioned all that and then they were arrested and they've been in jail almost a year now. Actually, it's around uh, 300 days since they were put in jail, 363 days. Mm. And there are no charges that have been brought to them. They have not been taken to court. And when we ask, we ask the lawyers, we ask people who are uh, within we, we, within uh, the reach of this family. Yes. Uh, the government has been unable to have uh, concrete witnesses who can testify against um, uh, the family. And of course, uh, and of course, the charges that the government has uh, brought, uh, brought be, uh, against them. Hmm. So it is a situation whereby people have been detained, and and they have not been. Uh, there are no concrete charges against them. They they, they, they have not been taken to court. Mm-hmm. They have not been uh, sentenced. But mm-hmm. uh, the charge that uh, she is being accused of, uh, that is de- destabilizing the government, planning to destabilize the government, uh, carries uh, twenty years uh, maximum uh, sentence. Interesting. Give us also a, a synopsis, a brief synopsis of the mapping report um, that was stopped by the US because obviously it's too hot um, to publish. What's happening there? Yeah, it is too hot. And, you know, I really wish and I'm very glad that uh, I'm on this platform today because Africans really need to know what's going on in Rwanda. We have this situation that we believe Rwanda as, you know, is a rising star. We, we, we don't want to uh, question, uh, we don't want to question the development that we see there, but we are saying that development should not actually be a substitute for freedoms. Hmm. I don't need to exchange my freedoms for, for, for buildings, roads and all that. Yes. I need 
need to have yes. buildings and roads and everything at the same time. Yes. I also need to have my freedoms. So you're talking about the report. Um, one of the lady, I mean, one of the, her sister to Diane who was um, arrested was also had the, she also had a citizenship of, of US. Things that, you know, the, the, the reports that are coming out of uh, Rwanda are very hard to publish. Mm-hmm. I also, I also need to bring to your attention that there's also a report that was shut down by uh, America. The same report was shut down by America and the UK that was supposed to be published by the UN, but uh, you know a, a draft of it uh, leaked out and it's out there. You can, if you care to look for it, you can sure. always find it. Sure. But th- th- that's not the but that's not the issue. If you know there are so many people, so many journalists of respected um, um, media outlets like the Guardian. Uh, we're talking about the Washington Post. We're talking yes. about the New York Times. Yes. They have written some very serious and incriminating, um, um, incriminating uh, human rights abuses in, uh, in in Rwanda. People are being disappeared in Rwanda. Wow. Critics, if you you know, people are being disappeared, and and, and others are being jailed. Others are even running out of um, out of their country into hiding <laughs> because they are not doing anything wrong. They are just trying to question. You know, it is okay to question. Uh, the peoples who are in power, yes, the excesses yes. of people who are in power. It is okay. It should be allowed. It should be allowed in the modern. It is 2018. It should be allowed. Yes. But unfortunately, if you question, and I'm very sure, let me let me just tell Africans, if I was a Rwandan, a Rwandan at the moment and doing exactly what I'm doing right now, I yes. would be disappeared tomorrow. Wow. And my family will not be there tomorrow. So sure. we are saying that these are things that have been documented. This is not uh, propaganda. If you care enough to look don't just listen to what the media is saying. Yes. Care enough to look. Yes. People have written a lot of materials and hmm. they're out there and we just need to look careful and read them. Um, Abraham, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I guess we need to actually have a sit down and, and, and break this down further and, and actually look yeah, yeah, into, yes. into, into the, yeah, this yes, conversation yes, thank, in more thank, in depth. Thank you, thank you so much. I, I, don't want, I, I don't want to go before I mention something, if okay. you allow me. Sure. It, uh, the, the reason why we've taken a lot of keen interest on uh, on this lady is because uh, she's not the only one who has been in that situation. Mm-hmm. Africans need to remember in 2010, there's another lady called Victoria Ingabure yes. who actually ran for presidency against um, uh, Kagame. Yes. And she was the sole candidate. All the opposition candidates rallied behind her. Mm-hmm. She was also arrested. She was bundled and detained. She was detained for two years, then later charged for destabilizing the government, and then uh, jailed for 15 years. Hmm. Now it is seven years since she was jailed. So we are looking at these scenarios and, and we are saying that they have a sequence. It's not just yes, yes. they it's have a, a sequence, a certain sequence. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Um, yes. So I guess for more on 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 this topic, uh, people can follow you at it's uh, Mutai. Yeah, they, they can follow me on at Twitter. It's Mutai on yes. Twitter. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on the Youth Leadership Platform. Uh, we hope to have an a, a more in-depth conversation on this and yes um unpacked uh this a, a bit further with you as well yes yes thank you so awesome. much um sticking to the subject of uh women's month and what what's currently happening on a lighter note um or on the bright side um of things i guess there's never a bright side but in in, in this moment um because there's just a lot happening. But in this moment, I'd love to introduce um, to you um, our headlining act, so to speak. Uh, um, and her name is uh, Putima Hanyele, and she is uh, a South African business ex- um, executive and the CEO of Sigma Capital and former CEO of the Shanduga Group. Um, Puti has or was included in the Wall Street Journal's list of top 50 women in the world to watch in 2008 and was recognized by Africa's investors as a leading African woman in business in 2012 and was chosen again as a Forbes woman, um, a Forbes woman, Africa business woman of the year in 2014. That's the caliber of woman, I guess. And I've only mentioned a fraction of who she is and what she has achieved. And it's such a a privilege um, that she has taken time out of her busy, busy schedule to be with us on the Youth Leadership Platform. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform, Puti. Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, It's 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 a pleasure to 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 have you with us. Sure. I guess we'll 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 dive straight into it. Yeah. 
And in in the youth leadership platform style, we we like to play a trivia to to get to know our guests. Okay. And so I'm going to ask you uh, three questions okay. um, to explain your past. So, okay. what does your past smell like? If you were to think about it. Sure. It smells really, really privileged. Okay. I'm very thankful. Um, I'm filled with gratitude. Um, so it, it smells really, really good. Okay. Um, you know, I, I had a family who were unbelievable. Um, from my grandparents, my parents, um, and, you know, even though my mother uh, died while we were still young, my yes. father was unbelievable as a parent. Um, my sister, I mean, you know, I had amazing aunts, Rahadis, you know. Sure, sure. So I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've grown up in a truly, truly supportive family. And it's, it's the greatest value that I have in my life, um, above, above all else. Mm. Um, my husband, um, you know, I, I've just, my stepchildren, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just surrounded by love, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm so thankful. What does it sound like? Your past? Sirens, it's, maybe? It's, it's, it's busy. Not sirens, but more of kind of like. Cause I'm thinking 70s. More like a bell. Like okay. you've got to move. Oh, okay. I was always on the move. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of my plans, but, uh, you know, um, I, I, my father was always, uh, focused on making sure that we were on the move. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always on the move. I mean, at, at 17, I was on a flight to New York by myself mm-hmm. to go to school there. And, you know, um, so yeah, it, it, it was that sound of you've got to go, you've got to go, you know. <laughs> and what does it taste like, lastly? Thinking about it. Some certain, um, kind of food that uh, your mom or your dad love preparing or anything really? Yeah, I would probably say umpogoko. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And my mother made that sometimes. I so, love that. Yeah, and I enjoyed it very I much. I enjoyed it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, that you know, gives me the feel of, of comfort at home, you know. Yeah, yeah. So at, at, at 17, you... And it's white, which is pure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. born in Soweto, it's, it's at the country's most turbulent time, yeah. um, uh, if you think about it. Yeah. What are, what are some of the lessons that you learned there in that moment that have shaped the woman that you've become today? I think the greatest lesson that I learned, um, and I learned, I learned this from my father, um, was the ability to see beyond. Okay. I've, I've said this um, uh, a number of times before, but I learned from my father the ability to see beyond your current circumstances. Okay. So my father was a kind of man who would talk about things that weren't really happening. Sure. But talk as if they were about to happen. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> kind of make the leave. Faith, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and, and then it would be a process of figuring out how, how to, to make this make believe world actually happen mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and so i i grew up in that and so it, it it kind of worked for me because in 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 also my beliefs my christian beliefs it it, it really resonated with the faith sure. walk mm-hmm. um and 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 so from that perspective i i, I never felt down too much okay. when things weren't going exactly the way, the way you want that them. I had expected them to go mm-hmm. um, because I had that faith, you know, um, and and my father wasn't he wasn't the type of person that went to church. In fact, neither of my parents went to church. Sure. They just made sure we went to church. <laughs> So, you know, so we would be the kids that would like try and hang out with the kids next door and their yeah. parents because their parents went to church. Sure. So we wouldn't look weird coming to church by ourselves <laughs> all the time. I think they showed up to baptism and that was the last time, you know, when we were babies. Um, but, um, yeah, but, but the faith walk in, in my family, despite the fact that, you know, as I mentioned, my parents weren't sort of church going people. Yes. Um, the faith walk was, was huge. 
Um, so so that that worked for me, and it worked for me um, in corporate in business. Today it continues to because mm-hmm. I don't just look at the downside. I obviously consider the downside because one always has to, um, but I I don't state I don't place my belief. In the downside mm, I always mm, stay, mm, place mm, my belief mm. in the upside Yes Always um, The upside potential Sure um, And then I try to make to, to, to see how I can make that upside potential An actual reality What, what were some of the difficulties that you faced You were 17 and yeah. you're on a flight out To yeah. the United States It's a yeah. culture shock Yeah um, Everything yeah. for you is, 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 sure. is just different Yeah So what did you find um, most difficult to adjust to getting into the U.S. culture, so to speak? Well, I think the first thing was the fact that, you know, meeting black people who are not, who, who are completely different from your yeah, they're world. Not, they're not going to speak in cause at any given moment. Yeah, I was used to a world <laughs> where even if you don't speak like uh, Sisutu or Sikosa or Sizulu or whatever. Sure. There'll be a language, there will be a common language, yes, yes, you know? Yes, yes. Um, but I suddenly found myself, you know, amongst black people who looked like me, mm-hmm. but were very different, you know, had a very different culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a process of getting used to that and, and not assuming that people will sort of laugh at similar things or, yeah. or you know, like <laughs> all those things were gone. Yeah, it was a different yeah, world. Yeah. And it, it was, yeah, it, it was interesting getting used to that. But I did. I think one thing about us as South Africans is that we're survivors. Yes. You know? Yes. We, we, I mean, we make the most of, of any given situation or yeah. um, whatever we have at hand. Exactly. We make the most of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's why when I talk to young professionals today, you know, it, it it is about making the the most of what you have. Sure. You know, you might have a, a boss who's really evil towards you, but you know, if you take a view that you know what, I'm I'm actually it's 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 all about what I do in this bigger organization sure. more than just what this person whom I report to interesting um, thinks of me. You you're actually able to deal with a lot of stuff, hmm. um, and and you can overcome. Things that appear to be like huge hindrances to you on a daily basis, just because you're you've got a bigger picture in mind. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So beginning with the end in mind as, as well helps yeah. you go through certain challenges. Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. So and now not just be looking at mm-hmm. well, this person didn't greet me this morning, or you know, or, or they kind of looked at me strange. Sure. You, you know. Yeah. You, you don't have time to be focusing on those things. Those are small <laughs> things. You've got bigger plans in mind. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. You, you you go on to finish your BA in economics, yeah. right? Um, and then when do you when when do you go back to uh, work at Philstone? So oh, that was a, a long time still to come. So I then after ninety three after completing the undergrad, I came back to South Africa, and I worked for the company that my father ran, which was National Sorghum Breweries. Um, and then I quickly realized that working in the same company where your father works is not always a great <laughs> thing, especially when your father's the boss. Sure, sure. So um, I left the company and I worked for a company called INJ mm-hmm. um, in Cape Town. And that was uh, it, it was a very good experience. Um, but it was an it was another learning experience. Sure. Um, because I for the first time had to make a decision. I found myself making a decision between. What I had, which was, you know, being in an environment where I was, you know, made to appear like this amazing person. I earned wonderful money. Sure. <laughs> but the job had zero content. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, um, so I knew that it wasn't the place for me to stay. So I had to leave. Um, and, and I went and joined the agency, uh, which was an advertising agency. I don't even know if it still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went there. They had just won the SABC one and two and three, I think, accounts from the SABC mm-hmm. back in those days. Um, and they were looking for someone to come in as an account manager. And so I joined them. And, and, and that was really, it was, it was good. Uh, I was busy. I was accountable. I was, you know, um, which is what had lacked from my previous job. Um, but it, it wasn't the place where I saw myself growing. You know, I, I did, I wasn't aspiring to be account director and partner of this advertising agency. I just, (laughs) it was was nice, but I, you know, I wanted a bit more. Sure, sure. (laughs) 
So that's when I then decided to, well, my father um, also thought it was a good idea. He was really a close advisor of mine. Um, and we decided I should go and do my MBA. Okay. Um, that was part of his plan. And did I mention <laughs> he had a plan when I was in high school? For yeah, me. yeah. So anyway, so I went and did the MBA at the university that he chose. <laughs> Anyway, I, I, so I went to the UK and I did the, the, the MBA. That was good. Um, and it was, I was doing it part time because I was working at, okay. that, at that point at the agency. But then I decided to leave the agency as I was busy working on the thesis because it was no longer possible. It was difficult for me to be doing research and working at the mm. same time. So yeah. I then left, completed the research, completed the MBA. And then that's when I, you know, um, applied to Fieldstone. Interesting. Yeah. You you rose up in ranks yeah. and went all the way to vice uh, president. Yeah, yeah. What would you attribute that ascension to? Yeah. I can only say, you know, uh, Fieldstone was an organization where, and, and working in the New York office, I mean, all the interns were all from these Ivy League universities. Yeah. Was, you know, so it, it, it was hard going. You know, here I was, black South African woman. <laughs> you know, I've got a strange accent, <laughs> strange name. I come from universities they don't know, sure. you know, because <laughs> even the undergrad university I went to, Rutgers University, it wasn't like, it's not like a Harvard or, you know. Yeah. So for them, just kind of like, I mean, why is this person even here? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, and I was older than them. Oh, I was okay. older than the interns, okay. you know. Um, so it, I was all the wrong things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so that's why, you know, when I talk about the faith, story that mm-hmm. that's part of what it was as well where if if i took it on what was before me what was clear before my eyes i wouldn't have taken that opportunity i would have hmm. continued working earning a good salary all of that but i decided to go and become an intern and work with people who were much younger than me, mm-hmm. um, who were less educated than me, um, but I, but they were, came from Ivy League universities, sure. you know. But I decided that that was what I needed to do if I wanted to know anything about investment banking, because I hmm. tried here at home, and here at home you had to be a chartered accountant, um, and I didn't want to go through that whole CA route and yeah. my MBA already. Um, not to say that one shouldn't, but I decided not to. Um, so being in, in New York helped me because that was a place where, I mean, I remember one of the partners in the firm was an English graduate. He had studied English, but had ended up as an investment banker. Interesting. You know, so, you know, so it was a different approach. You, you know, it, there was more opportunity. So anyway, I, I then took on that role. It was tough. Okay. Um, because I mean, for partners in the firm, none of them wanted to work with me. I mean, they're thinking, who is this young kid uh, from Africa? And uh, where did you say she graduated from again? Uh, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't like a, when I spoke about my MBA, it was like from London School of Economics. Yes, you know, it was yes. from the Montford University. They're like, the who? You know? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so it was tough going. Um, so I had to, I had to, I had to really figure, you know, when you have to like find that, Opportunity, like that, that thing that you just—that's just going to change your life as well. Exactly. Sure. And and for me, it came when one of the partners was in a hurry and he needed something done for him. It wasn't anything great. He just needed some little piece of work done. Mm. I promise you, it was like work that would take like five minutes. I probably spent like an hour reading that thing over and over, making sure that there was absolutely nothing wrong on it. I handed it back to him and he said, well, that took you a while. And um, he looked at it and he said, okay, well, that's good. And then he gave me something else. Sure. That was a start. Interesting. That, that's what I needed. Just that break. He gave me something else. I did that really well as well. And that was it. And we started working together. His name was Andrew Kapitman and it was brilliant. Um, from then on and he was influential in the organization. So having somebody like him. Wow. Okay. Um, was, was really, really helpful. The power of relationships, right? Exactly. And, and he was somebody that I would typically would have been scared of interacting with because he was, you know, he wasn't the friendliest kind of looking person. 
<laughs> so, but but it 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 worked for me, and and th- that's the other thing that you know sometimes you have to really be willing to push yourself out and and go to that scary, unfriendly looking person, and just be willing to do something random for them. You Interesting. Know? Um, so yeah, so that started a long relationship, and we're still friends. We still interact to this day. today. Yeah, um, I I believe in long term relationships. My standard two teacher. Who taught me public speaking? The importance of knowing how to speak publicly is somebody, and that it's paid I, off. I mean, it's you articulate off. yourself exactly. I I was one of the shyest people ever, um, and she made me come out in front of the class and you know give a speech. I thought this woman, what did I ever do to her? I do my homework. I pass my tests. Like and I pass the well. So what? What is the issue here? Sure. But it was actually the best thing that could have had happened to me. Um, so she, I still stay in touch with her. And she still today tells me, you don't have to call me Mrs. Nix. Please call me Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> but she still is next to me. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. so for the bulk of um, the conversation today, we yeah. want your hashtag top five dead or alive from Bogoto. So women yeah. that have shaped you, your business acumen, mm. and basically... A, have helped you to achieve what you've been able to achieve. Yeah. So who are your top five? Yeah. So um, it's, 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 it's kind of hard to say because a, a number of them are in my personal, Okay. you know? Um, so I would say certainly without a doubt, my mother sure. um, has been a huge inspiration for me. My grandmother was a huge inspiration. Um, Dr. Penelope Latimer, who was one of the professors at Rutgers University where I did my undergrad, Interesting. Uh, was brilliant uh, for me. Um, my father has been unbelievable uh, for me. Um, how many did you say? Five. Five. The president has been brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if I don't say him... Um, Sure, I've 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 got so many I've got so many people that have been really really unbelievable in, in shaping my way forward. What, what what are some of the outstanding lessons that have re- resonated with you and they taught them to you and have stuck with you all yeah. the way through? So so the one I would say with with my father it was the the, the issue of believing. Okay, you know having that dream and believing that you can make it happen. Um, so so that faith. Um, that, that I learned from, from my father. Um, and I, I would say hard work. Um, I, I learned that, um, from my father, but also from Dr. Latimer. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, and not being afraid, um, uh, not being afraid of, of trying something new, mm-hmm. um, and not being afraid at failing as well. Um, that uh, I would say I also learned from, uh, Dr., uh, from Andrew Capitman. Um, and, um, you know, I think just continuing to, to, to believe and, 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 and having, you know, the ability to, 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 you know, just, I guess it's part of that faith and, you know, uh, continue to remain focused, um, that I learned from, from my grandmother who was unbelievable. Um, I think both she and, and my father taught me just the ability of being able to make something out of what appears like little. nothing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also just that belief that you don't have to come from a rich family. You don't have to come from a famous family. Um, just being you, mm. you know, um, that you were born for a reason. You know, I learned that from my family as well, that the fact that you're here is not so that you can breathe air, <laughs> you know? <laughs> There's much more to life than that. Absolutely. So live up to that purpose, hmm. you know? Um, and, and, and so I've always believed in that, you know? Um, and, and I'm very thankful for that. I, I have a very, um, I, I have an unbelievable family. Uh, my sister is is hugely supportive of me and has been at the worst of times for me. Um, my husband has been unbelievable in supporting me. Um, you know, at, at times when, like, for example, when I had the, um, when I uh, went through the illness, um, sure. you know, and sure. um, had loss of memory and all of that, you know, my my family, you know, they they were unbelievable in supporting me. I actually 
I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you, you mentioned that because that's one of the things that, as well that I wanted to, to speak to that, mm. um, a lot of entrepreneurs, it's, it's, it's all, it's all about the grind, 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 grind and nothing else yeah. matters, including health. Yeah. And then you get to a point where now health yeah. as well becomes a problem. Now yeah. you have to leave the grind sure. and focus on that. Obviously, your idea of health mm. and entrepreneurship mm. has changed. Yeah. Um, what kind of, um, I guess, importance mm. do you do you place on on health, mm. and what are some of the changes that you've introduced in yeah. your life? Yeah. So it's for me, uh, my health is it's everything because um, what what I saw is that without it, you almost don't, you're almost not there. Sure. You know, you become absent in, in your life. Um, you even lose certain friends because the one thing that you realize is that there are friends who are there for you personally. Um, and then there are friends who are there because you're here at Cliff Central. Wow. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not that you must hold anything against them, but it's just life. It's sure, reality. Sure. You know? And I think sometimes when we are going through our careers, you can lose sight of that. And you think everybody's your best friend, mm. but they're best friends. And then they are corporate friends, Sure, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's good to, to know the difference, you know? Um, so with my experiences, I've, I've, I've seen that. Um, but at the same time, I also, you know, I, I very much closely guard my relationships, uh, within my family. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, it it's just so crucial for me. Those those are my, like, those are my real, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so the, the you know my go to people. Yes. You know, um, but I also at the same time I value relationships that that I have in corporate and in other uh, parts uh, of of my life as well. Um, and and there are more that I value much more than others. I mm. think as a person. You have to be able to know the distinction. Sure, sure. Yeah. You you vehemently opposed um, woman subordination within mm. corporate South Africa. Mm. Um, have have we made strides? And if not, yeah. <laughs> what what still needs to be done? Yeah. So that's it's it's it, it, it's a huge disappointment because if anything, we seem to just keep going backwards. You know, we don't have more female CEOs on the JSE. In fact, we have less than a couple of years ago. You Interesting. Know? Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it, you know, I, and honestly, you know, one could say it does start at the board or does it, where does it start? If one looks at the junior levels, you see um, when you look at universities, mm -hmm. we have, a significant number of women who are graduating from universities. Yes. Um, in some universities, you actually have more women than, than men yes. who are graduating. Yes. Um, when you look at corporate in the intake, you see we have a significant number of women who are coming in. So assuming that it's 50-50, you know, from university to entry into corporate, um, then you start to see the numbers declining um, with middle and, and senior management. Um, and, and one can expect that obviously there's changes in careers. I mean, the reality is that with women, there are many responsibilities yes. as well, you know. Uh, but I, I say that with men, there should be many responsibilities as well because <laughs> in the same way that somebody is a mother, somebody is a father. Definitely, so, <laughs> yeah. You know, so surely there ought to be responsibilities, you know, on, on, on both sides. Um but even then, surely when somebody goes and has a child, their brain is not any less than what it was, <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, but, and yet we continue to, to see this. And, and in fact, the sad part is the fact that you see men who don't even have degrees being CEOs of major hmm. organizations in this country. Um, but, you know... I guess we we continue to just fight in in the space that that that, that we are in, mm, you know. Mm, mm. So if if you're sitting on a board, you're looking at women in that organization and saying, you know, where are the women leaders in this yes. organization, um, and supporting the employment of women at, at at senior levels or the promotion of women into senior, because this is not it's not an issue of 
affirmative action. Yes. The reality is that we have many capable women. Yes. It's just them being afforded the space to come into those senior roles and, and it's being a, trusted in those. And roles. it's crazy because there's there's immense amounts of potential that yeah. will not be realized, and yeah. that is human capital that the, the 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 country could be capitalizing on exactly. um, to be able to drive us forward. And I mean, with the current people that we have in these organizations, they're mm-hmm. not doing so great. We, we, so continue why, why to, not? we continue to have the same conversation exactly. that, men, that men were having in the 1950s, saying women should be relegated to being in the home, when in fact <laughs> women can play so much more of a role, mm. you know, but yeah. Probably do a lot of things better even. I agree. Tell me, you work ethic and yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> same with the group, right? Yeah. What, what are some of, um, how has your actually... How has your leadership style mm. changed over the years? So you've been yeah. in South Africa, you've mm. experienced corporate South Africa, mm. you've been in the UK to study, mm. you've been in the US and mm. been in the corporate space there. Mm. And coming back and, and being in leadership positions, yeah. right? There's, there's certain things that you've tried mm. um, to implement. But now, currently, mm. how has your leadership style changed over the years? Yeah, no, it, it has changed significantly. I mean, I remember when I came back from New York, and uh, when I was working for one organization here um, for the DBSA, I, I, you know, I wasn't a great leader then. I mean, I was just focused on getting the work done mm-hmm. um, and capability. And so, and, 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 and also coming from an environment where people worked long hours, I wasn't used to people leaving at like five or it, it was just weird mm. you know mm, mm. Um, so you know I, I came from an intensely uh, you know where, where work was like everything sure. know, number one you're everything sure to being in an environment where people had more balanced lifestyle and I didn't understand balance or what are you talking about <laughs> you know <laughs> so so it took um, it took a while for me to 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 get to understand um, and and appreciate the way that different people work, mm-hmm. um, and 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 for me to develop as a leader, um, and 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 so I then I, I did you know over the years develop I hope into a better leader, <laughs> um, and and in fact now it's changed a lot more in that I don't just look at the output from the people that I work with, but I'm um, I'm also interested in. In, in the issues that affect them, you know, interesting as, 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 as people. people, yeah, hmm. because it's not just the output, these are not just robots, yeah, it, it, yeah. it is also the inputs. I mean, hmm. to the extent that you can, obviously, you're not going to be getting into family issues of, of people and trying to resolve people's yeah, problems, but yes. the reality is that people spend the majority of their time in the work environment, mm-hmm. so to that extent, you, you, you have a role to play in making sure that. They are able to manage other aspects um, mm. of their lives as well, mm. um, and 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 so you know in 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 getting to to appreciate that better, it's um, it's taught me um, a lot, um, and um, and from that perspective, what I seek in people is not just people who can turn out the outputs that we require, but people who have great leadership skills, mm. um, and so it it means that I have to have faith. In the people that I work sure, with, and, sure. and I'm very thankful uh, for the fact that I do. Um, I think I, I've, I've changed a lot, um, and and I do have m- a lot more faith in the people that I work with. Faith in their capability, hmm. um, not just counting the hours that they spend in the office, um, but actually just focusing a lot more on what they come out with. Hmm. You know, um, and that assumes that they also respect the work environment. Sure, I mean, it, sure. You're not just gonna walk out and not show up for a week or a day because you don't really feel like it. Yeah. You're gonna be a responsible person. Um, but I also am not gonna be the type of person who's going to be checking how many hours you spent in the office today versus yesterday. That's just micromanagement <laughs> and it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not useful, yeah. you know, use of time, but rather I'd rather focus on, on what you know what? What you're actually adding? At at some point um, now, going a bit back, yeah. Um, now, President Cyril Ramaphosa yeah. and and CEO at the time of of, of yeah. Shanduka pulled you and and and, she, and, and was like, um, I want you in this company and and I need you to lead this company at this point. Ten years later, yeah. you had helped the company 
um, to grow um, to about um, a cap of about eight billion. Mm. What would you attribute that to? One. Secondly, yeah. what are some of the lessons that you learned from now President Cyril Ramaphosa that helped you? Okay, so 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 he um, so so the president wasn't the CEO of the company; he was the chairman. He was oh, yes. always the chairman. Yes. And when I came in, I came in as MD of one of the divisions in the group, and then it was only uh, years later that I was then uh, promoted to being group CEO. Um, and so you ask what what are some what are the key things that that I learned from him? Yes. Um, the key things that I learned from him. Um, was number one respect. Okay. Um, he he has high respect for the people that he works with, um, and that's not just the professionals in the office. It's everybody in the organization. So from the security to the person that makes tea, everyone, you know. And he has an open door. Uh, pol- he had an open door policy because uh, I can't speak for the person he is today. <laughs> I can only speak for the person that I knew then. Sure. Um, he had an open door policy where any one of us could come and speak to him about whatever issue, as long as he wasn't in a meeting or busy with something else. Yes. Um, and so from that perspective, certainly as group CEO, um, it, you, you, you needed to be sure that if you spoke to him about something, that if somebody else came in and spoke to him, that, you know, so you couldn't be lying or giving a different view of, sure. of an issue. Sure. Um, he, he would always have different perspectives on that particular issue because he would speak to you and then he'd speak to people that reported to you. He'd speak to uh, many other parts of, of the organization. Hmm. Um, and, and I, I really, I enjoyed, uh, working with him um and 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 really um just seeing you know just how important it is to you know to value everybody in the organization um number 2 he had this um unity and purpose that okay. he drove in the organization mm-hmm. every single person that worked for the organization uh, contributed to the foundation and the foundation was focused at the time on um, creating better schools, uh, particularly the public schools, uh, for, for, for young children in, in around South Africa. Um, and the focus of the foundation in those days was only on, uh, education. Okay. But over the years, it then became focused on entrepreneurship as well through the Black Umbrellas, um, organization. Um, and, and every single person that was employed in the company made a contribution. There was no set amount of what you must contribute. Hmm. You would decide what amount you can part with every month that would be deducted for you to contribute. And every year we would go and visit one of the schools that, you know, we had adopted. Um, and so, you know, this it drove the importance of that, that unity and purpose. Um, it, it, it also just drove the importance of knowing that it's not just about what you do for yourself. Mm. Um, but it, it, apart from that, knowing that, you don't have to be a director or a CEO to begin contributing. Hmm. If you are employed, you are amongst one of the most privileged people in this country. So you can part with something. Sure. Even if it's a rand or 10 cents, you can part with something because you earn money every month, unlike other people who don't, hmm. you know. Hmm. Um, and, and, and so that, that was something that was important. And um, I loved the fact that because you know when people have to part with their money, yes. Now they want to know what's actually <laughs> happening in this organization. They want to be involved. Exactly. Yes. They want to be involved. They want to know. They want to be party to it. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. People would bring ideas, wanted to know what was going on in the foundation, and, and that was wonderful. Um, and you know, and so many of us are still involved with the Suramaposa Foundation okay. even to this day. Um, you know, and I'm still on the board of the foundation. Um, and it's something that I, I see myself always doing, sure. you know, um, because I, I just, you know, that purpose of making sure that we're making a difference in, in the lives of people that, yes. that we impact and we're impacting young kids yes, and yes. entrepreneurs. Yeah.
you, I think you spoke to, was it Azania? Yes. And she asked you what your purpose was. And you, and, and you, you spoke, you touched on, uh, paraphrasing you that yeah. you are an enabler. Yes. For people who don't have opportunities to yeah. have opportunities. Yeah. You've gone from corporate, um, to other business ventures yeah. and now Sigma yeah. Capital. Yeah. So how are you using now this? Yeah. <clears throat> platform to yeah. to fulfill that purpose yeah so so i continue to do that um in making sure that the companies that we are investing into um have a focus on impacting the lives of people okay um and so whether it is through education or it is through uh, the industry that they are in that there is some impact that they have in young people or you know young professionals sure um so and and i've i've been fortunate in that the companies that we are involved with um are, are businesses that are focused on making sure that they you know are making are contributing to the change in the lives of young people hmm. this is something that can't just happen in the public sector only it has to be in the private sector as south africans we have to take this on you know ourselves hmm. what well, you, you've achieved so much um have Traveled uh, around the world with plenty of accolades. What gives you sleepless nights now? What gives me sleepless nights now is just seeing the extent to which we continue to deal with issues that are racial issues. Okay. Um, and it, it it permeates on many levels, apart from. What you'll see when somebody is on holiday, like this young man who was on holiday and goes and gives these racial slurs. I, it, 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 it's also in corporate. Sure. You know, the transformation that we continue to speak about but continue to not see. Mm. We still don't see, you know, black CEOs. We don't see, you know, today, after all these years, hmm. it can only speak to the fact that we continue to deal with this racism that continues to be there despite all these years. And, and, and so, you know, that is something that, that, that still just, you know, and, and unfortunately for us, it's not something that we just face here in South Africa. We face it wherever we go sure, in the world, sure, you sure. know? Um, but in this country where we have legislation against this and yet we still have corporates that still have all white Excos mm. that still have all white board members, mm. uh, you know. It's frustrating, yes. Yeah. Your your parting gift uh, to mm. our listeners uh, who are listening to you and perhaps have known you, or some that haven't, and yeah. some of the ladies that you saw on Twitter yes. that are currently listening right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To to one of one of the women that they look up to. Yeah. What I would say to them is something that I mentioned earlier, that each and every one of us have a purpose. We're not here just to breathe. The fact that you can breathe, see, hear, some people don't see, some people don't hear. But when you have all these senses, what are you doing to, chi to change the world that we are living in? Hmm. Thank you so much. That was uh, Puti Mahanyele. We, we, we promised you um, to, to bring you the best of the best on the Youth Leadership Platform, and we've consistently been able to do that. Follow the conversation on at Simply Bongani across all social media. Um, Google Sigma Capital and be part of this revolution um, that's happening in the entrepreneurship space. Um, as well, do... Um, suggest to us uh, who are some of the guests that you'd love uh, for us to have next on the show. But for today, it is good afternoon and have a great week. This is CliffCentral.com.